1: Let's bow in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we're about to open your word. Our hope is certainly in that. We believe every time we open this book, this Bible, there is something that we will read, that we will see, that your Holy Spirit will point out to us, will bring to our minds that that just stirs and enhances the hope that we have in you. Father, someday we'll be in your presence and and perhaps hear these words just come right from your mouth, resounding through all the halls and courts of heaven as the truth that is acknowledged by all, rejoiced in by all. Help us to receive a taste of that even this morning, for we ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. So, words to live by. That's the title of our current series of messages. And once again, here's our series key scripture. Matthew 4.4, 4, and notice once again, it's a red letter scripture, meaning it's something that Jesus himself said. And so we read, Jesus said, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's amazing how much, how much truth, how much understanding of things can be contained in a single word. There are words that every one of us have run through our minds at times, and that one word brings back a whole host of truth. Maybe a whole host of memories. One word can unlock so much. Now, so far, we've looked at several words that can and should do that for us as Christians. There's that word that John used at the very beginning of his gospel, the Greek word logos, meaning the capital W word, the Son of God. So we've covered the words logos, and then faith, and then hope, and then joy. And just last week, we looked at the word abide. And all that that, all the truth that that contains, to abide in Christ, to abide and, and just a sense that being in the perfect right spot, we're abiding, we're remaining there, we're not running away, we're not fleeing, we're there and we're staying there and enjoying all that is there, we're abiding Now, all of those messages are available for review for you to look at, to see, to read about at our church website. Here's today's word to live by. It's the word fellowship. How many of you have ever heard that one before? (laughs) Christian fellowship. So, why talk about it? I mean, we got this one nailed, right? We've been enjoying Christian fellowship ever, ever since we became Christians. People talk about it. The Greek word for it, most Christians even know, that is if they've been attending church for very long, it's that Greek word koinonia. Koinonia, some churches take that as their name. The Koinonia Baptist Church. Or if they want to double up, Koinonia Fellowship Church. Koinonia Fellowship. It kind of means, it can mean a lot of things, but here's three things that we stuck together here on your notes. Companionship, fellowship. Camaraderie. Man, we're in the same thing together. We're teammates. Camaraderie. Communion. Just that sense of being in connection with something that is is very similar to ourselves. Could say that koinonia is the bond formed by common circumstances. We're in this together. We're in a fellowship. We're in this together. Someone once said fellowship simply means fellows in the same ship. (laughs) They're in fellowship, in the ship with the fellows. And we're going through the same storm, we're going through the same stuff. Maybe we're enjoying the same beautiful day. Maybe we're also out here fishing and having a wonderful time. We're fellows in the same ship for this moment and for some people that moment goes on their whole life there's people that they're in the same ship with almost their whole life and there's a bond and a camaraderie and a companionship with them we Christians are definitely fellows in the same ship the phrase Christian fellowship touches a lot of bases Christian fellowship is a most unique bond. It's unlike any other. So this morning, allow your understanding and your appreciation of this thing, this koinonia, this Christian fellowship, allow it to deepen as we discuss it a bit this morning. Consider with me three key aspects of fellowship, particularly of Christian fellowship. Here's the first one. First key aspect fellowship with our three person God Father, Son and Holy Spirit. On the personal level, Abba Jesus Numa. The apostle John at the end of his right life wrote this in 1 John chapter 1 verse 3. He says our fellowship and he's meaning all believers, all those he's writing to, to you and me today. Our fellowship So it's a very kind of ship he's going to talk about here that all believers are in. But he says, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. That's an incredible statement. Our camaraderie, our companionship, in some way, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Both of them in heaven this moment but somehow there's an ability for us on earth to have a bond with them a connection with them a companionship a camaraderie a communion and then paul writing to the corinthians 2 corinthians chapter 13 verse 14 he says this Sort of a benediction or a blessing for them. He says, May the grace of our Lord Jesus, he's going to mention all three persons of the Godhead, but unique in, in this respect. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So, there in that verse, Paul identifies fellowship, this kind of bond with the Almighty. To be uniquely something that can be experienced with the Holy Spirit. Even as John said, this fellowship, this bond, can be experienced with the Father and the Son. And so as believers, there's a, we're in a fellowship connection, can be, with our three-person God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A year ago or so, when we went through all the red-letter teachings of Jesus Christ, and we just called that series Red Letter Living, applying, practicing the teachings of Jesus Christ in our life, one of those red-letter messages was titled, A Fellowship Like No Other. If you remember it, it was based upon John chapter 14, verse 23, where Jesus said this, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. Well, we could have called that message an obedience like no other, obeying the teachings of Jesus Christ. But Jesus goes on, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. So that's that's the starting point. And then he says, my father will love him. Anyone who's obeying the teachings of the Son of God has the Father's uh, oh, strong affirmation. The Father loves those who will follow the Son and teach, follow his teachings, and identify with the Son of God in this world. My Father will love him. And Jesus says, and we, we will come to him, this obedient Christian and make our home with him. Somehow, somehow the Almighty God, Father and Son, will find a way to connect with an earthbound human being in something that could be called a fellowship. We will make our home. We will abide with them. So that red-letter teaching pictures the Father and the Son, Abba and Jesus, joining forces, as it were, with the Holy Spirit, Numa himself, who they find in the believer already there when they come for fellowship. And so we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit within the, the heart of an obedient believer just in a creating a joyful connection. A joyful, marvelous communion. What an incredible possibility. You notice, of course, Jesus, and we preach that message, we pointed this out. Jesus doesn't say that happens automatically. The Holy Spirit is with us automatically, isn't he? As soon as we're saved, the Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit as a gift to us. He's there all the time. When you disobey the Lord, is the Holy Spirit still with you? Yeah. Uh, think he's delighted? No, he's there no matter what we do. Jesus is saying though, there's something, something in addition to that. He's stuck with us because his job is to make us better. It's like you work in an office and the new hire has been assigned to you. You wonder how this new one even got a degree. You talk with them for a few minutes and and you you figure out they don't know anything about what the company does. They don't know anything. You say, boy, am I going to have a task. Isn't there somebody else who could take this rookie so I can do the good stuff? So you're assigned to them. They're assigned to you. You've been given to them not because they're so sharp. They're just good enough to get hired. And that might be it. And now you begin to make them into something. That's what the Holy Spirit is in our life. He's stuck with us from the moment we're a new hire. All we know is that we're sinners. And saved by grace, Jesus died for us and we heard the gospel message and we cried out to God to save us, to forgive us of our sins and we accepted Jesus Christ as the Savior that he is and the Son of God that he is and beyond that, we're pretty much the same as we always were. And the Holy Spirit starts working with us. And Jesus is saying... That fellowship we have with the Holy Spirit can grow into something even more, bigger and better. That when that new hire actually begins to learn what he's doing, and his heart is committed to doing the things that he should be doing, there comes a moment where the Father and the Son, in some unique spiritual way, can enter into that person's life and just cause that fellowship to blossom. Now it's not the Holy Spirit just working with a know nothing. It's the Father being able to say, That's one of mine. That child of mine is growing. That child of mine is testifying truthfully of my son and Jesus comes, and there's a there's this fellowship that is unbelievable. It's what God desires. And it happens. When a certain level of obedience is reached, a certain level of maturity is reached, we never will get to the place where we no longer sin. Because we got a sin nature with us that just loves to sin and frequently leads us into sin. But we can come to a place where as soon as we sin, we feel horrible. Anybody here ever felt horrible over a sin? Okay, well that's a, that's a step in the right direction, right? You're a born again person and you've learned what Christ wants you to do. You learn what the Bible says you should do and gee whiz, when you don't do it there's a part of you that says, oh, I feel terrible, Father, forgive me. That's a big step. We get to that place where any willful sin is immediately followed by confession and repentance. And a level of fellowship with God is created that had not been previously known. Fellowship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus says, really, that he and the Father in some remarkable way connect themselves to us and join in with the Holy Spirit who has been given to us in a four-person fellowship, Father, Son, Spirit, and you. A four-person fellowship that brings, really, a little bit of heaven to earth. That's marvelous. That's marvelous when you sense that, when you believe, when you understand that you're living through this fallen world, still with a, a sense and a presence of the Almighty with you. Not just a Holy Spirit who's grieved all the time by what you're doing, but by a Holy Spirit who's having success in developing you into a child of God. And then that, that connection, however it's communicated to you with the Father who wants to say, well done, and with the Spirit, who, Jesus, who is saying, you are mine and no one can ever grab you out of my hand. And, and it's like, wow, what a life. What a life we're living. Not perfect, but boy, it's awesome. It's fellowship with God. And that's available to all who have been born again through faith in Jesus Christ and who have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So God would say, pursue it and find contentment in it. Now, that kind of fellowship between the individual believer and the Father, Son, and Spirit, that has blessed and sustained and encouraged believers over all these years. It has particularly sustained those during times of persecution and even imprisonment, those believers who have been shut away from any earthly contact with Christians. Father, Son, and Spirit ministering comfort and encouragement within the heart of a solitary believer has been a reality for many, beginning with the apostles themselves. It's a fellowship God wants us to draw strength from and to experience. Every believer, every believer during their quiet times, your devotional times, you can experience something of this aspect of Christian fellowship. Every believer, every believer who feels like they are the only one in their little corner of the world can find it this fellowship with God and be strengthened and encouraged by it. So fellowship with our three-person God. What a blessing that it's possible. And I know there are any number of us in this room and others around this country and church today who could say, there's been times in my life. For some of you, it might be a time right now. You might be in a home where you're the only believer. You might be on the job where you're the only Christian. You might be in a situation where where it's like nobody is connected with God at all in this place, except you. And you've got to know, in the midst of that, your fellowship is going to be with Father, Son, and Spirit. And it will sustain you. And it will be what you need. And you need to rely upon it and live obediently to Jesus Christ, even if no one else around you is even close to that. That's an amazing, an amazing aspect. Of Christian fellowship here's the second one we move ahead fellowship with God's people now this is where we normally use this word in our minds fellowship my Christian friends fellowship with God's people who you might you might say the only others like me in the world we talked about the fact you can be working on a job you can be in places where nobody there is like you nobody is a believer nobody cares about falling after God But when you find some who do, you realize there's no others like you in the world except these. These are the only others like me in the world. You see, Christians are different. Go ahead. Turn to somebody and say, Christians are different. And then say this. Weird, even. (laughs) See, See, by the standards of the world, by the standards of the world, here's what Peter said long years ago. He said, all of us are like aliens and strangers in this world. Our fellow believers are the only ones like us. They're the only ones with whom we can find true fellowship. I tell you, young people getting into school, young people even at the college level, young people getting into a new job, oh, there's such, a, there's such a desire to fit in, to feel like they belong, to feel like the others around kind of sense a camaraderie with them. And the truth of it is, sooner or later, any Christian functioning like a Christian is going to seem like an alien on this planet. See, other people aren't like me. I'm not judging them. I'm not saying nasty. I'm just recognizing I, in their eyes, am weird, different, strange, like I came from somewhere else. I remember years ago in a church that Linda and I were in, They had a a mother of preschoolers program where all moms from the community who had preschoolers could come. And it was a fellowship of sorts. They're all moms of preschoolers. That would tie them together. And there was a Christian lady who came, actually the wife of a missionary. She was a missionary, too, who was home now in this country. And she gave a talk on family. And she gave it from a wonderful Christian point of view and the point of view of a Christian mom and the point of view of a Christian dad, but especially a Christian mom relating to raising little ones. And when they were all done, there was an outspoken woman in that group, strong-willed woman. She just stood right up and she says, well, I don't know what planet she's from. (laughs) What she's talking about is like... (sighs) She's never been in my house. She doesn't know my kids. She doesn't know how life really is. I don't know what planet she's from. And Peter says we ought to expect that. Especially if we share what we believe. You see, so when you find somebody from the same planet you're from, though, it's like, oh, what a a relief. So you're from the Christian faith too. And that's where you can find fellowship as a believer. Here's a verse from 1 Peter uh, that, that tells us why. Peter reminds us that we were, 1 Peter 2.9, we were called out of darkness into his wonderful light. See, Peter says when, when you come to Christ... Before you're saved, you're living in darkness. This world, sin is a dark place. This world is not filled with the light of God. It's filled with the desires of the fallen human nature. And and it leads to darkness. It leads to dark deeds. It leads to dark thoughts. It leads to very little glorious light that just lifts everybody's heart. Our world's getting darker all the time. It was very dark in the first century. And Peter, speaking of the gospel being shared for the first time, the gospel of Jesus Christ, he says, for those of you who've received it, I want you to picture this. You've been called out of a dark place into the light. And your life couldn't be any more different than it is from those who are still in that dark place. You can remember what it was like. And so you also know how different it is right now. So you can have fellowship with those who are in the light, but the ones who are still in the darkness, they don't even comprehend what it is you're thinking, doing, and why, and what happened to you. You've been called out of darkness into God's wonderful light. The Apostle John in 1 John 1 7 said this then, if we walk in the light, see some people have been called into the light, but they still kind of walk around in darkness. When they go to work, they still act like everybody at work. When they're out on the job, they say, man, you got to use pretty rough language because other than that, they, they don't even understand that. you gotta, you got to be what they are and talk the way they talk and do what they do, go to their parties and take part in what they take part in so you don't stick out. So you can kind of have an influence over them and with regard to whatever it is you're trying to get done. But John says if you're over here walking in the light... You've become the weirdo. So just forget about trying to fit in. You can't do it anyway. Why don't you just make a clean break with it? Because if you're really a born-again person, something of that's going to leak out. Something of that's going to become noticeable. And then the people who really are living in darkness are going to say, you're just faking something here. And others will call you a hypocrite. Just make a full break and, as John says, walk in the light. You've been called into it. You're receiving the benefits of it. When you're in a well-lit spiritual room like this, you acknowledge it. Just live there. Just walk in that. But here's what happens. If we walk in the light, 1 John 1, 7, we what? We have fellowship with one another, with the other light walkers over here you're just like them and they're just like you they have trusted in Christ they are seeking to obey Christ they recognize the world is filled with sinful things that shouldn't be part of their life anymore and when you're walking in the light you will find others who are walking there with you in fact you'll seek them out so in the book of Acts when the church was just begun we see how finding others like themselves, how that impacted the early believers. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we read this. They, these are the brand new believers who were saved on the day of Pentecost. They've been baptized. The Lord's added to their number even more in the days since. And it says they, the believers, devoted themselves to the fellowship. Like God's doing something so brand new here. God is creating a whole new definition of of what it means to be the people of God. And I am one of them through faith in Jesus Christ. And I am just devoted. I'm going to hang out with these people as long as I can. And they feel the same way. We're a brand new thing on this earth. We're the church of Jesus Christ. We're born again people. And it says they devoted themselves to the fellowship. I've found others like me, is what they're saying. So what are these others who are like me like? Of what does our Christian fellowship consist? Well, I asked myself that question this week as I had my iPad open and my, my Apple pencil. Boy, do I like my Apple pencil. You just write on this iPad and, and uh, it's like magic. Magic got my Apple Pencil out, and it just started to move. I asked this question. So what are these others who are like me like? What does our Christian fellowship consist of? And I just started writing out and got a certain list that I'm going to share with you in a minute. We'll go through this list in our cell groups this week. I'll mail out this list along with the sermon text we mail out this afternoon. So don't try to jot them down this fast, but just some things that would say all believers it seems like, at least my Apple Pencil thought so, are like this. Here we go. Note how many of these descriptors you identify with yourself. So here we go. Just the order they came to me, it was like this. God's people, among whom true Christian fellowship arises, are born-again people. They are heaven-bound people. They are Bible-believing people. They are sin forgiven people. They are world rejecting people. They are spirit embracing people. They are church affirming people. They are God honoring people. They are light loving people. Now, you could try it this afternoon. You could add to that list. In our cell groups, we're going to discuss well, what are some other characteristics of people who are walking in the light? People who are participating in genuine Christian fellowship. What are these other people who are like us like? And so it's among people like that that Christian fellowship arises. You get 15 or 20 of those people in a room and all of a sudden it's like they've known them, they've known each other their whole lives. Haven't you experienced that when you meet a Christian for the first time? Frequently it's like you talk for five minutes. It's like, you know so much about them, it's like you grew up with them. Because the same spirit that's in you is in them, the same commitment that you have, they have, and all you have to do is sense a little bit of it and you can add all the rest. You can say, here's a brother or sister in Christ. I just love to talk to them. I love being here where they are. Fellowship flourishes in a place like that. It's a fellowship that stands the tests of time and that fortifies us through all the challenges that life brings. In fact, here at the church, our Sun Life cell group structure is designed to create an environment where just such Christian fellowship can flourish. So, fellowship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, an awesome blessing. Fellowship with God's people on this earth, what a blessing. Here's the third thing. Fellowship in God's service. That is, being involved in the things that God would have us be involved in. Serving him. Ministering for him. Jesus said in Luke chapter 2, verse 49, he says, I must be about my father's business. That's another thing that when Christians get together, they kind of share together the the stuff they're involved in and thinking about and have heard about that is serving God and they rejoice in that together. I must be about my father's business. That's what Jesus said when his parents found him in the temple discussing the scripture with those who had been set aside for teaching and instruction. So there's a very special fellowship that can be found in the camaraderie with those who are seeking to serve the Lord in the midst of this fallen world. Let's look back at that Acts chapter 2, verse 42, verse for a little bit more of it. They were not only devoted to the fellowship, here's what the rest of the verse says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread that's the that's the fellowship around the Lord's table bringing the Lord Jesus in his presence right into the meal as you remembered his his death and and resurrection and to prayer so these are things that the very early believers in the church of Jerusalem were were devoted to not only to one another but to doing certain things that was in the service of God. So those early believers found fellowship in what we could call the activities of the faith. Those activities have changed through the years and the way they're carried out through the years. But there are activities that believers get involved in. And those early ones, they hungered for truth, and so they gathered around the people who were teaching it. They shared communion together, and they enjoyed times of prayer. <coughs> Some years later, the Apostle Paul would share the joy he felt whenever he found himself thinking about the work that had started in the city of Philippi. Paul wrote to them a letter, and in Philippians chapter 1, verse 5, he says, Oh, he says, every time I think of you, I praise God. I pray with joy, remembering your partnership. And interesting, that's the Greek word koinonia. The King James says fellowship there. The NIV says partnership. Your partnership, your koinonia in the gospel from the first day till now. Now those words of Paul strike home to me in a particular way because we here at Sun Life Community Church had a first day. We had a beginning. This church did not exist before that beginning and I can still think all the way back to that day. I have trouble remembering yesterday. I can think all the way back to that day, almost 30 years ago. And it's continued to this very day. Some in this room have been part of it from that very first day. Paul was thinking of folks like that in Philippi. He says, oh, I just thank God for your partnership in the gospel. That means the activities of the gospel. Sharing the faith, bringing others to Christ, helping them grow all the things that one can do serving God, serving Jesus Christ in the church. And so here's a, here's a list that flowed out of my now almost exhausted Apple Pencil the other day. Our Sun Life service for God includes reading and teaching God's word. That's something we invest our time in doing. Here at Sun Life, we get involved in what I could just call here, first fruiting our income. We find ourselves participating in heart felt worship. We find ourselves standing by one another through the variety of life challenges. We find ourselves keeping in step with Noma. We find ourselves praying with and for one another. We find ourselves helping the poor among us. We find ourselves impacting the world through other mission and Christian agencies. We find ourselves committing ourselves publicly every single year. Fellowship, in God's service. There's a very special sun life kind of doing that. And it brings joy, it brings pleasure, it brings camaraderie, it brings togetherness as we share these things together. This morning I, I want you to watch this musical video Some of you have seen it before, but in a wonderful way, it captures what serving the Lord together in this place over a period of time, what it means, what it looks like. And uh, I think it's just a perfect statement as we close this message this morning. you, we cannot watch that without emotion. Christian fellowship includes the A to Z of life. Every time I see that video, we've had it just for a couple of years, there are more faces that are in the Lord's presence each time. And our fellowship extends all the way to heaven. Someday, every one of us will be reunited with those that we've enjoyed fellowship with here on this earth. But I was thinking as I was watching that, for those of you or anyone who might be in charge of such a thing, if I ever have a memorial service, let that be my video. Not something of me as a kid in high school or somewhere else, but that. That's our life, isn't it? That's our life. Here's our final thought today. Christian fellowship is the only fellowship that can survive the uncertainties. You watch something like that and you're reminded of how uncertain life is. We don't know ahead of time exactly how it's going to turn out. But Christian fellowship is the only fellowship that can survive the uncertainties and the ever-changing allegiances of life. Those who are allied to things other than Jesus Christ are forever changing who they're for, who they're with, what they're about. But those who find fellowship in Jesus Christ, they are allied to him. Their allegiance is to one another no matter what and so we say here find the fellows in your ship of faith and cherish them cherish them Heavenly Father we're, we're talking of things that are more than earthly today we're talking of the things that that are eternal things that encompass earth but reach so far beyond just our earthly existence father we our hearts go out to those who have no identity apart from just the things of this life those who are still living in darkness and thinking that they're finding light and purpose there oh father i pray for for any one of us who has a loved one that just cannot see the truth, will not see the truth. Even some who have rebelled against the truth and have gone their own way or those who are halfway in and halfway out, even today. Father, I pray that the the power of God, the winsomeness of the Holy Spirit, might lead many of them right into a place of genuine Christian love and fellowship where their heart can be broken and open, softened and made new. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every born-again child of God who has been part of my life who is part of this fellowship, who seeks to follow after Jesus, though none of us do it perfectly, we can all do it intentionally. See, that is my desire. And oh, how your spirit loves to work with that desire and just turn it into actual actions of obedience. So, Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for the fellowship we can have with Father, Son, and Spirit. Thank you for the fellowship we have with one another as we go through this life. Thank you for the fellowship there is in doing the things of God together. Bless us. Keep us going. Make us a blessing to others. And shine some light through us into this darkened land, for we ask it in Jesus' name.
0: We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.